Welcome everyone to Wednesday night Encounter Church's Bible study on the book of Hebrews. Tonight uh, we welcome Facebook folks, everybody on social media, glad to have you again. Good to hear from you. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Old and the New Covenant. By the way, the word testament is what? Another word for covenant. So we'll be talking about that. So in one sense, the question could be, what is the difference between the Old and New Testament? God's Old Covenant with Israel has not been overtaken, by the way, and replaced by the New Testament. The New Covenant, in simple terms tonight, a promise of redemption by God to people as individuals rather than as a nation, and on the basis of God's grace rather than a person's adherence to the law. So anyone, uh, what's the difference, just to start out, like a one-word answer, what's the difference between the Old and the New Testament? Sister Linda? I ask you. Yeah, I ask you. What is the difference? Just one word answer. The Old and New Testament. There's a one word answer for each one. Anybody, anyone else? Brother Bob. <laughs> right. Anybody else? One word answer? Huh? Well, yeah, Jesus. One word answer for the Old Testament would be the law. Basically, the law. For the New Testament, what's one word that would explain that? The blood. Jesus shed his blood, and that gave us, what, a new covenant, didn't it? Again, the new covenant is a promise of redemption by God to people as individuals rather than the whole nation, each one of us individually. And on the basis of God's grace, thank him for that, <laughs> rather than a person's adherence to the law. And I wore this vest tonight. This is a Christian biker's vest. I was chaplain for him for about 12 years. And if you notice on our vest, we have Jesus is Lord, the Brotherhood, that kind of thing in the name of the group or Christian group we're a part of. Now, the outlaw groups had other things on their vests that we won't go into tonight. <laughs> but when we become a Christian group, we still had a vest. We still rode the motorcycles, but we had a new covenant. That's what I'm getting at, new covenant. And every Monday night, we had a Bible study. 31 Mile and Van Dyke, had a clubhouse on the hill and about 30 bikers. And we get together and pray for each other, have Bible studies. And then on Friday night, Gibraltar Trade Center has an expansive area outside the Trade Center. And they have bike night. They did before they sold the place. Every Friday night was bike night. There'd be three, 4,000 bikers come in there. And they had a big tent, they had a band. And they had, along the perimeter, they had booths set up and tables and we would rent out space for the whole summer and put our christian booth up there and we'd have uh, t-shirts like this one christian biker t-shirts and some of them said jesus loves bikers we'd have them for sale on the tables 
and we'd have Bibles, and some of the folks down to there had motorcycle parts and gloves and rings, and they'd come by our table, the other groups, the other biker groups, some of the outlaw groups, looking at our t-shirts, and we'd invite them to Monday night Bible study, and they came, believe it or not, they would come to our Bible study, and we'd talk to them about Jesus, we'd kind of share our past, our testimony, and when they accepted the Lord, they got a new vest. We would make up a vest with Christian scriptures on it and Jesus is Lord and replace their old covenant with a new covenant, which is a Christian vest. And we kept the vest, we kept the motorcycles because that gave us an open door to these folks. And there's a lot of them around the Detroit area. There's renegades, the outlaws, uh, highwaymen, bunches of them. And we'd invite them all Friday night at the bikers thing and Gibraltar, we invite them all to our, to our Bible study. So tonight again, Old Covenant versus New Covenant. But there are things in the Old Covenant. Now these fellows would get the new vest, but part of their Old Covenant was bike safety, riding correctly, not speeding, riding with your brothers, uh, helping people fix their homes, taking food to people that didn't have food, that sort of thing. So that was part of their New Covenant. There's a brother that we have up every summer a couple times. It's called Sam Childress. He's got a nickname. He's called the Machine Gun Preacher. Reason is, he was a mercenary. And having been there myself, I got to know him pretty well. And uh, he wrote a book about his life story and also a movie, which I have that I'm going to ask Pastor sometime if we can see it. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good movie about his life story. And when he received Jesus, all the old mercenary stuff kind of went away, but he still had some training and background. And he found a small group from Africa that needed help over in the, where the villages are over there. And he said he'd go help them. They wanted to build a home for young ladies. And they had a bunch of young ladies that had uh, been captured by these uh, renegades, taken to their, their places and they were raped, and they were beaten, and they were put on drugs. So when Sam went over there to help build the, the house for him, he heard the story, and he got a little upset. So he came back to this country and got three or four other mercenaries that he worked with before, and they went back to the village leaders and said, we're going to get those girls back. And he took his machine gun, literally, went off into the jungles and found where they had those young ladies captured and got them all back with a little warfare here and there. But anyway, he had a new covenant, didn't he? He could still use his background, his training, but now he had the blood covenant and he was serving Jesus. And that's what made beautiful. Another brother, I've met him twice. He's with the Lord now. Barry Mason, former president of the Hells Angels in California. Big fella. If you see his video, you see how big he is. And he led that whole group of Hells Angels in California. But he had a praying mama. So she kept praying, said, Barry, you need to give your heart to Jesus and quit doing this stuff. It's not good. And one night he was in, they had the whole bar themselves. There were 40 Hells Angels in there. And mama walked in there. She was a little, little lady like that. And said, Barry, I'm praying for you. You don't want to die and go to hell. You better accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior while you can. A few days later, he bowed his head and accepted Jesus. He got his new covenant. And he started going to churches and sharing his testimony. 
praying for folks. He'd go to the other biker gangs and witness about Jesus. He almost got killed, but he went and witnessed about Jesus to them. And now he's home with the Lord. But again, Old Covenant versus what? The New Covenant. Exodus 34.10. Let me read that. Then God said, Behold, I'm going to make a covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Before all your people, I will perform miracles which have not been produced in all the earth, nor among any of the nations. And all of the people among whom you live will see the working of the Lord. For it is a fearful thing that I'm going to perform for you. You see, God called Moses to go up in the mountain with a couple tablets. And God was going to give him a covenant, wasn't he? The Ten Commandments. That was the old covenant. Now, we don't throw that in the trash because we have the new covenant. We have the blood of Jesus that redeemed us from our sin. But there are still things in the old law that we need to hold on to, isn't there? So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And a little later, we'll uh, go into the book. I have a, a video I'd like you to take a look at, short video this, this evening. And it's again, it's about Old Covenant versus New Covenant. And aren't we glad we're part of the New Covenant? Amen. How many people here rem remember some of the things in your Old Covenant that you're glad you got rid of? Let me see your hand. You think the rest of your lying. No. <laughs> but that's true. There are things that we did in our life that we weren't proud of. And Jesus come along with his blood. We got the new covenant. We got a new vest, didn't we? Amen. Okay, sister. If we have the video ready, I'd like to play the video. Did have a glory part number four is it did have a glory because it came from God 
but it serves its purpose and then fades away. Number five is that the glory of the old covenant fades away. Number six, it is it veils the eyes of the understanding. Uh, this is very important for us to understand that if you live according to the old covenant, you cannot see. You're blind. You're unable to have the spirit of wisdom, understanding, revelation. Number seven, it hardens the heart and hardens the understanding. Number eight, just like Moses had a veil over his faith, face so that they couldn't see the glory was fading, so it is with a lot of people who live in an old covenant mentality. They internally have no more presence, but they portray outwardly like they're living holy. This is an issue in Christianity. It's called old covenant thinking. Number nine, there's no liberty in it. Number 10, you remain in your own image. The old covenant cannot conform you to the image of Jesus. So to sum up the 10 things about the old covenant, it is this. It cannot conform you into the image of Jesus. It is heavy. It is something for man to do. It has to do with restrictions on your life. Letters that cannot give you life. Now, things concerning the new covenant is, number one, it is the spirit. It is actually the presence of God. Actually gives you life causes you to be able to walk out this thing. It puts new desires in your heart. It gives you empowerment from God. Number three, it is written inside of your heart. This is indicative of the fact that God changes your heart and puts desires for His way on the inside of you. Number four, it's a ministry of righteousness. It makes you like Him. Number five, it has greater glory than the old covenant. In other words, there's more of a manifestation of the person of Christ through the Spirit in this than the old. Number six, it actually remains forever. This glory will not fade. The revelation of Jesus by the Spirit that comes through the new covenant will last forever. Number seven, it is unveiled faces. You can see, you can hear, you can perceive God. You can understand there's wisdom and knowledge by the Spirit here. Number eight, it is liberty. You are free. It is for freedom. He has set us free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Number nine, it is beholding the Lord, being able to perceive the person of Christ. Number 10, it is being transformed into the image of God from glory to glory. The presence of the Lord, who is the Spirit, actually transforms and changes the person's inward life. So if you were to sum of these 10 things of the new covenant, it is this, that the Spirit actually conforms you to the image of Jesus. And it is something that we receive and not something that we do. Night and day, the old covenant is what you do. The new covenant is what He does. The old covenant is efforts and striving. The new covenant is God working in and through. The old covenant is based upon your performance. The new covenant is based upon what Jesus has accomplished and what He accomplishes through you. This is the key to the new covenant. So I find a lot of people in the new covenant that are still walking with an old covenant mentality. 
They're trying to clean themselves up. They're trying to live by restrictions. They're living heavy and striving and performing with all kinds of efforts. And they're weary and they're tired and they're stale and they're dry and they're hollow and they're empty. And they wonder why they cannot overcome sin. And here's the reason. They need to enter into the new covenant and receive the spirit who will perform the thing through them himself. This is liberty. This is where joy is and peace that passes all understanding. This is where real love comes out, where you're not trying to make yourself love. He is in you as love. I encourage you that the new covenant is so wonderful. You couldn't even have made it up yourself. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that by your spirit, you accomplish all things through us. I pray you spear to the wall efforts and strivings. Lord, I pray you pierce us with your splendor and subdue us with your majesty. Bring in the sweetness of your spirit that performs all things for your own glory. Lord, set us free from all the muscling. And Lord, I pray in our hearts, we would yield to you and the fact that it is not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit, thus says the Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share this video. We have underneath our events that are coming up. Also, uh, these shirts are down there and our books. And Boy, thank God for the new covenant, amen? amen? And just before we get to the book, who can tell me what's one thing you really got out of this video, this particular presentation? Anybody? What'd you get out of here? Liz? Well, at the end, they, uh, they, they were that held up here in Kentucky, but I thought that that was a really good summary of what we were talking yeah. about. Amen. Oh, great. That's good. Amen. That was a very good video, folks. Really explained it. Anybody else got a comment on what we just saw? And then we'll get into the book. Yes, sir. Sets free, free indeed. Amen, brother. Amen. And what did he do? He shed his blood on the cross so that we could receive eternal salvation. That's the new covenant right there. That's what he did for us. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Once and for all. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, there were some good things in the old covenant when God was He was trying to set people straight and correct their lies and correct their mistakes. And Jesus come along the accumulation of the whole process and gave His life, gave His blood for all of us, so that we could enter into heaven. Praise God. 
Amen. Okay, folks, let's take a look at the book tonight. It's Hebrews chapter 9, basically, we're looking at this week, uh, beginning with verse 1 through 5. It's called The Former Place. It says, read about the origins of the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 24, verse uh, 13 through 25. I don't know if we're going to get that up there. The first part of the question is this. How was the contribution of building materials initiated? We're talking about building the new temple here. Talking about the covenants. How was the contribution in those verses of building materials initiated to begin with? Ma'am? He did. And... uh how was it initiated? Because God told them, right? Anybody got something else? I Sister? Think, um, from the Israelites willingly giving their materials to God. Right. They were willing in their hearts to give. And Pastor Dave? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Praise God. All right. B. How was the design of the tabernacle determined? How was it determined? God says, I'm going to have a design for a tabernacle. How was it determined? God himself told Moses how he wanted to build. Yes, sir, he did. God instructed Moses and told him to raise a contribution. Who knows what that means, to raise a contribution? Speak up an offering. Well, that's right. Hey, we've all been there. Take up an offering. That's good. Yeah. In fact, that was, that was the only time I, I've ever heard of uh, someone saying, stop bringing offerings. Yeah, yeah. This is true. Been there. Been there, done that. <laughs> okay. Question two. Give a brief account of these items mentioned in verse four. What was that? Aces, the golden urn uh, holding the manas or man yeah manna what is something else what's a brief account they mentioned some yes ma'am sure okay what's omar who knows what omar is an eight yeah, unit of measure. Praise God. There were some uh, colors mentioned there, wasn't there? Who remembers what colors were mentioned in that scripture? Hmm? Blue. Yeah, purple. What else? Some other colors. Scarlet. Also fine linen. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yep. <laughs> Pastor, did you say that? Have something? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. B. Aaron's staff that budded. Now, what they mean by that is his staff actually grew flowers. <laughs> Aaron's staff budded. Numbers 17, uh, 1 through 11. 
Okay, what's an account of that, Aaron's staff buddy? What, what did that say that the families needed to do in order to go along with what Aaron did? What was that? Right, <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Now, each family gave something. What did they give? Each family involved here gave something. Who knows what it was? The staff. Yep. <laughs> the staff. And only Aaron's rod was the only one that did what? But it. He's the only one. It says in front of what? In front of the assembly or the testimony, it says. In front of the testimony. Okay, then we come to the tablets of the covenant. And what there, you know, when you think about the tablets, what's the account of the tablets? What was on there? What did, yeah. Um, the Ten Commandments were written on the tablets. Yes, ma'am. And they weren't the original tablets that the Ten Commandments were, were written on. Mm hmm Amen. Yeah. And who, who put the tablets in the ark, brother? You. <laughs> who put the tablets in the ark? Moses. Yes, sir. Amen to that, okay? How many times did God actually write the Ten Commandments on the tablets? Just once? Twice. Why? Moses got ticked off and broke the first ones. Old covenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once is enough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> Leviticus 16, uh, in that chapter, what main regulations established for Israel do you find in that passage in Leviticus? Okay. Okay. And there was a do not in there. Do not what? Ma'am? What was a do not? They were told not to Eat what? Yeah. yeah, they weren't to eat any blood. No blood. So you were to eat no blood. 
That's okay, I'd pass on that one anyway. <laughs> God himself instituted the sacrificial system. Why is blood essential to the sacrifice? Why is it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So God himself initiated the sacrifice, and then the day would come where nothing uh, from the animals and all that is needed except through our, but through our, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Life is in the blood, huh? Yes, sir. According to Hebrews 9, 9, what is the offering of gifts and sacrifices unable to do? There's something it was unable to do in that scripture. What was it? Okay, couldn't produce. Yeah, that's one thing. What couldn't it do? Okay, Liz. Correct. Yep. Make the worshiper perfect and conscious. It couldn't do that. Okay, Hebrews 8, 10 through 13. The time of reformation. Is the new... Is the new covenant initiated by Christ? And what does it provide that regulations for the body lack? What was that thing that Jesus offered? It was not regulations, but... Hang on, Liz. <laughs> Brother back there, what was it? Do you know? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it says, uh, according to Hebrews 9, 9, oh no, Hebrews 8, 10 to 13, the time of reformation. Is the new covenant initiated by Christ? What does it provide that regulations for the body lacks? What did it provide? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anything else, Anybody? Pastor? It provides something that the regulations for the body couldn't, couldn't enact. We can follow rules, and I think he alluded to it into the, uh, into the, the video. We can very quickly get into a pharisaical religion yep. and get into legalism yep. and try to, although we don't say it with our mouth, we say we're saved by grace and faith, but we keep showing our works so people can see how Yep. And so we get tired because it's tired of people say, sorry, but it's more liberating to say, this is me. God loves me. I'm going to live according to it. Well, you got, you got issues. So does everybody. But God loves me. You did this. Well, you know that you're watching what I'm doing. It's just minding your business. First Thessalonians 4 says, says that you're tired. Just mind that own business and work with your hands. So everybody's doing something. Yep. So Correct, yeah. He'll write his laws where, Liz? On our heart. On our heart. Amen. Okay, Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. The final presentation. From this passage, record the ways in which Christ's service and sacrifices our high priest are superior to the rituals performed by former high priests. 
Why is his service and sacrifice superior to all the other high priests that we see recorded? His was much better. Why? Sister? Linda? You know? Ma'am? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brother Bob? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Correct. From, from our sin. Amen. Yes. Yep. Yep. Forever. Through his own blood, huh? Cleansed our conscience from dead works, thank God. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, read Isaiah 29, 13, Matthew 23, 23 through 28. What are dead works? They talk about dead works in our lives. What are dead works? Ma'am? No, they don't do any good. Yeah. It it removes our hearts from the Lord, doesn't it? Dead works. Yeah. That's true. What do we do? They clean the outside of the cup and not the inside. Right? Everything on the outside, nothing on the inside. Okay, and with that, from this passage, what is the effect of having a cleansed conscience? Ah, what's the effect when we have a cleansed conscience? That's true. That's true. Ma'am? Liberty. Liberty. And 
We just talked about the cup. Having a, a cleansed conscience, the cup is clean where? In the inside, yes, sir. Inside and outside. Praise God. Yeah. Boldly. Yeah. And remember when Jesus died uh, in the temple, they had a thick curtain. It was really, really thick between where the priest went and the Holy of Holies where God's presence was, where his anointing was. And when Jesus gave up his life for all of us, what happened to that big thick curtain? It ripped from top to, what did that do? What did that do for all of us? Bob? It gave us direct access to God in prayer. Yes, sir. We... <laughs> yep. We don't have to wish for the middle man. No. Christ became that mediator, that intercessor, our high priest, if you will. Yeah. And we can, through him, we have direct glory of God. From, yep. to God. From that moment on, we were, as Christians, New Covenant, allowed to go into the Holy of Holies before God's presence. Praise God for that. That opened the door for us. Whoa. <laughs> it did. Okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, because, because of why? Because you're pulled away from God's presence. And that's dangerous because the farther away you get, the colder you get. And Satan loves that. Oh, then you can do this and you can do that with no conscience. Yeah. Right. They don't. They don't care. Because their conscience is seared, isn't it? What does it mean to you to serve the living God? Liz? Um, I will to honestly worship and pray after receiving God's word, will, and direction with all of your heart. Amen. That's a good one. Brother Bob? For service. For service. We worship God in the house of God. Amen. We go out there and serve the Lord. We have the shot to have that exit of service. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Pastor, you had something? You had your hand up?
same thing over and over again. Yeah. And if we do it, it'll show up. And it shows up every so often. Uh, usually the press movies in 1960. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, looking for people who have who just tried to experience God in an emotional response. I think that's the way we just left. Everybody had a feeling about God, but they had no 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 knowledge. So we went from knowledge and no feeling to feeling and no knowledge. But now <laughs> God is looking for people who are who are genuine heart experience and are looking for the supernatural in this. Yes. I believe it. Yep. You know, yep. God has different moves at different times. If all the way back to uh, Azusa Street. We had, and I took my wife to every one of them that we had in the 90s. Uh, Brownsville, there was Toronto Airport Church, there was uh, Bethel and Reading. We went to all of them. And God was moving every place. It's not always the same, but you know His presence. Some of them services, when you walked in the door, you could feel God's presence, and people were already on the floor. So He doesn't have any one certain way of moving. But you know, when he moves by his spirit, you know the difference. And it's worth looking into. Okay, Uh, number 10. Since uh, the beginning, the book of Hebrews has emphasized new or better things. What has not changed or been improved upon? What has not changed? That's a little tricky one there. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And that, that hasn't changed. Right. The covenant was not inaugurated without blood. Okay, what is your honest reaction to the fact that the forgiveness of sin requires a shedding of blood? Talk to God about your answer. If you need his help in understanding or accepting his ways, just ask him for it. Remember Hebrews 4.16 when you pray. Yeah, amen. Okay, Hebrews 9, 23 through 28, number 12 here. What phrases do you find in chapter 9 
that actually repeat themes already presented in earlier chapters of Hebrews. It's already been, a theme has been presented already and it's being presented again. Something that was repeated. Somebody over here? Brother Bob? <laughs> number number 11. Uh huh. The word better, and then the word even more perfect sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. Correct, yeah. When the law, which is what the law did not do, I love that picture. Praise God. That it was due to the flesh. Yes. Sending his own son in the likeness of flesh condemned sin. And another thing is, it is appointed a man wants to die. After this comes the judgment. Amen. He died, but God has given a whole picture of what Jesus is to do. And we see it. We talked about uh, a second ago that he copied your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. heaven. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the model prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in what? Heaven. heaven. In other words, whatever's happening in heaven is going to happen where? Yeah. On earth. Earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in, in heaven. heaven. Well, what's been loosed? We were bound by what? Sin. And he tells yep. us if you forgive men their sins, they shall be what? Forgiven. Mm -hmm. He goes back up and it talked about the tabernacle and the mercy seat. That Jesus goes up there and in in a spiritual version of what we see, he dies for us once and yep. for all. He puts the final sacrifice on the altar in heaven that we have to come that's right. See, yep, me either. And now because of that, we have a right to the tree of life. So God's will in heaven is for us to be brought back to himself. It's God's will that no man should what? Perish. Care. So when Christ died, he gave us the opportunity to live in the will of God. Amen. So I want to be in living, living in the will of God. Get saved. That's the will of God. Okay. And that you don't perish. That's yep. the will of God. If you want to be in the will of God, help somebody else get saved. Yeah. Bring somebody else to church. Bring Amen. somebody else to Bible study. Stop by somebody on the street corner. I had to bring up Brother Whitehill. Brother Whitehill, uh, Sister Whitehill's husband. I started him to go to the gym with me. He pretty much started pastoring the people at the gym. People who <laughs> never come to church, people that will say they're not in a religion, they know me by pastor. When he doesn't show up, the people at Planet Fitness pick up the phone, look him up and call him and say, you haven't showed up, uh, <laughs> up, up, to, uh, up to the gym. 
somebody like you. And yeah. I said, how do you do that? He said, I wake up every morning. I said, Lord, if I help me find a way to witness to you. If you talk to him long enough, he going to ask, are you saved? <laughs> do you know Jesus? What is he doing? He's in the will of God because he's trying to bring people. Amen. You know that? I know our time is gone here, but when, <laughs> when I uh, did the funeral for that young lady, she, she just found the Lord. She was the wife of the vice president of the Devil's Disciples. That's a large motorcycle gang in this area. And the vice president came to me and said, Pastor, would you do her funeral? She's in hospice, but she accepted the Lord as her Savior. And I said, okay, we'll do the funeral. And I went about, she loved pink, so I did the whole sanctuary in pink. And then uh, I had some Bible scriptures to share, and they started coming in. There was 300 of them, which filled up the upstairs and the downstairs without water then. <laughs> and they were out in the parking lot. And in the first row of the church over there was what they call one percenters. Anybody know what a one percenter is? That's the worst of the worst. All of them had probably been in prison at least twice. And they lined up in the first row on purpose to see what I was going to do. So I got up when the other bikers spoke. I got up there to, and I shared the gospel message with them. Amen. And I said, Denise here is with Jesus. And she'd like to see all of you there. Her, her husband, he never came up, but uh, we still had an altar call. And then at the end, when everybody's leaving, that whole first row of one percenters got up. And one of the big ones, he was a hell's angel at the time, walked up and said, Pastor. I thought, yeah, <laughs> what you want? <laughs> he said, I love that message. Thank you very much. I said, hey, you want to come back Sunday? He said, no, i got to go to California. I said, well, God bless you. And I invited them all back. Nobody came, but I invited them all back. But you see, God uh, gives us opportunities with our new covenant. Now this thing here, believe it or not, has gotten me into places I could never get into with a suit and tie. And they used to invite me to their clubhouses. You go in there, they have food, they have steak and potato usually. And you gotta get your butt out there about 9 p.m. You don't wanna hang out in there after 9 p.m. <laughs> but it was an open door. It was a real, that place in Gibraltar, I'm sorry they sold a place. There were thousands of bikers every Friday night. And they'd all come, a lot of them come by our table, look at the t-shirts. And I'd give them a Bible if they wanted it. And they had uh, testimonies. We had testimonies lined up there. So God uses us in various ways and circumstances. Amen. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you stay standing there. Huh? I want you to see something. Oh, okay. Now, he talked about the old things in the past way and God doing some new things. This is a priestly garb. Now, you might not think it's a priestly garb. Most people will see this and they will see me and they will say, well, this is a priestly garb. And I remember going up to Beaumont Hospital not too long ago. And I saw a guy, and he had the yoke on, the white yoke, and the, and the priest collar. And we were both going to see people, and people were nodding at him because, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. They looked at what, how he was dressed on the outside, and they determined who he was on the outside. 
But man looks at the outward appearance. Why am I telling you this? Because you don't have to be dressed like this to get people saved. Matter of fact, I wasn't dressed like this for Bible classes because this is what I wore to work. And so this is why I was dressed like this. And I thought it was funny because he was wearing the yoke and he had on the black suit. He looked like a priest. And I was going to see a member in a black hoodie and some jeans and some bright red shoes that, that the ladies loved to make fun of me for. They liked those shoes that I, I had on them. I didn't look like most people would think a pastor would look. Why am I telling you that? That every day you go when you're in plain clothes, you are a priest you are a minister of the gospel, and your goal is to reach people for God. For God, You are the gospel. It's time for us to get out of the, the what the Bible calls the traditions of men, that church should look like this and act like this. You know how many people have come to Christ because he's wearing this leather? I'm not wearing it because it's too hot. But at the end of the day, these things get him in the places. I want to encourage you. Everybody say, my mission field is where I am which means that I know we sit, Jayla, we're, we're praying for Jayla and she's in Africa doing work. I know we send uh, money to Nepal, but it's time for the church of God to get out of the mindset that the mission is over there. The mission is right here. <laughs> Wherever you are, well, I'm retired. Well, you hang out with some people that are retired. Your mission field is right there. I, if you have a job, your mission field is right there. And I want us to get into the mindset of inviting people to bring people uh, in, and I want to pray for those who have, uh, who are hearing the message tonight, and this has been a great class, and we had a great uh, teacher's meeting last night via Zoom, and uh, I really enjoyed what the guys were bringing and stuff. I'm excited, and we've decided uh, what we're going to be bringing in the next uh, few weeks, because uh, believe it or not, we're over halfway done with this. We're over halfway done with this study. So as we finish, we'll, we want to be prepared for the other things. And I just want to thank you for those who come tirelessly, those who show up online, whether you let us know you're there or not. We want to thank you and bless you. And I want you to offer personally before we get off the line tonight, somebody is watching this. We will never know that they're watching this. But they're listening now intently or at another time intently. And they're deciding from what's being taught. Do they want dry religion or do they want a real relationship with God? Not just emotion. Emotion is good in church. I like emotion. I like passionate work. But are, am I going to give my all to God and stop trying to be made right with God on my own and just surrender? Everybody says surrender. If that's you, I want you to know right now you don't need a fancy formula. God says that he just he's pleased with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. If you will right now submit yourself to God, confess your sins, confess that I, I've done wrong and I need a savior. That's all you have to do. And God will save you right where you are, right where you are in your living room, right where you are in your car. Uh, you can pray to God, keep your eyes on the road, but God will save you right then. We want you to meet him, but not right now. If you're driving at the same time, give your heart to him with your eyes open. You don't have to follow a particular formula. You can pray to God with your eyes open. I do that sometimes. If you're in the wrong crowd, you may need to pray to God with your eyes open just to just to keep a look like Pastor Pastor Ernie. But I want you to know right now that Jesus loves you and he died for you. And these and this gospel that they're given is not just something old and re a relic to be remembered. It's something that burns and is living. And if you don't know Jesus today, 
I want you to know him. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then I'm going to give them some updates that you won't get if you're not in the building. We love to see you, 600 North Campbell uh, Road. But if you're not in the building, you're missing out on some things. Even on Sundays, you don't see everything that happens in the service because some things are just for the people in the building. So if you want to get the total experience, you got to come where? To church. Everybody say that. Come to church. We want to see you in the building because there are some things and some moves of God that happen that we won't televise and they won't be on TV. Um, the revival will not be televised uh, when God is moving in certain ways. But I just want to pray. I feel impressed on my heart from what was told tonight uh, to pray. God, I thank you right now for those who are listening, those who uh, touch this page. God, I pray that they won't keep scrolling, but they will stop and something will make them stay on this page uh, while they're looking, either be there today or whatever day they look, that they will begin to be inquisitive and they'll go back and look at some of the other Hebrews and some of the other teachings that have been done throughout the church and that they will become a follower of you, God, that they will give their lives to you. I pray for those who are heavy with depression, those who are heavy with the burdens of life, that those burdens be lifted as they give their hearts to you. I declare freedom, not because I have the power, but because your word says that he who the son sets free is free indeed. God, we declare your word in the name of Jesus. We believe that and we receive it in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. And Robin, you can cut the camera.